What's the one thing we tell death? Not today, my friend. That's what the Warriors did. They were looking at death right in the eye. They stared the Lakers back, and they are still alive and kicking in this series. Welcome, one and all, to Damon Bruce Plus. Good to have you back here on the Plus. We were doing some late-night broadcasting last night. I know an awful lot of you were there for that. Thank you so much. Incredibly loyal audience, by the way. We are still, thanks to the uh, rampant interest in Warriors and Lakers, we are still in the top 10 in sports podcasts in the country right now. Thank you to all of you for doing that. Really appreciate it. And, uh, man, what a game last night, right? The Warriors, look, they got to win three in a row. And the easiest lap around that track, again, they got to win three laps here. The easiest lap around that track was last night's lap. You had, you know, a, a, a Lakers team. I'm not saying that they didn't want it. I mean, of course they wanted it. You you get a chance to end someone's season, you want that. But at the same time, they were playing without desperation. And there really was a results or no big deal kind of a vibe that I thought I felt off the court from the Lakers. And then Darvin Ham basically you know, agreed to in any and all post-game chit-chatting that he did. Uh, now comes the hardest leg of the entire lap, even harder than what would be a closeout game in Game 7 because that would obviously be at home. The narrative shifts to all the pressure being on the Lakers, even though there's plenty of pressure on both sides uh, of the basketball court in the Game 7. Uh, you know, it, it Game 7 would be a game where I think everyone would favor the Warriors to win that game at home. Role players play better at home than they do on the road, which is, as I, you know, I had a busy day yesterday. We did the show. We did an interview with uh, Jay Chandrasekhar, a broken lizard. Uh, did an amp show pregame from uh, the, the the Chase Center. Came on here, did a YouTube show postgame. Hopped on the Kruger channel. And when I was getting off of Larry's uh, The Krug Show with a cast of thousands, you know, I was asked for my prediction. I think the Lakers win game six. I want to be wrong about that. I would love to be wrong about that. We will talk about how wrong I was about that if I am wrong about that, but I do think the Lakers are going to win game six because as good as the Warriors shown in moments last night, I still just do not trust them on the road. And of all the places I trust them on the road, that building lit the way the Lakers light that building. I, like I trust them the least down there. You know, I have watched this team that has all these veteran presences that are good enough to get things done, not get things done all year. Uh, now, if they've been, you know, okie-doking us this entire time and are ready to go play a near-perfect game, flawless, getting to the free-throw line, not turning the ball over, not making mistakes, you know, making the right choice, not taking the bad shot, if they're willing to do that, of course, look, they got a puncher's chance in Game 6. I'm not saying that they can't win this game. Of course they can. I just think that the Lakers are going to ball up their fist much tighter and throw a much harder punch at the Golden State Warriors than the one you saw at Chase Center last night. Um, doesn't mean they can't do it, but you know, if I were a betting man, I would bet on the Lakers to close this thing out in six because they have to be as desperate as the Kings were to close out. You know, the the Warriors before you know seeing them home. I mean, that's the thing. The, the, the Kings were stupid. They thought they had a couple chances to knock the Warriors out. That's a team that needs to do it when they need to do it. The Lakers, look, they could 
conceivably lose game six and still come up here and win game seven. They're that hot and cold of a basketball team. And the one thing that I think we all realize, and this is not a criticism of the Lakers, even though they are, there are some guys, Dennis Schroeder specifically, who is just a flopping bitch. He totally is. Like if you, if you're walking past Dennis Schroeder and you go, he will blow himself over. He will throw himself into the third row, pretending that you know a hurricane-level gale wind just came and took him out of the equation. Um, but if the Warriors get a fair officiated game, they got a much better shot of winning game six. They got a much better shot of beating anybody when that anybody isn't taking 20, 30 more free throws than they are. And that is really borne out so far in this series. Uh, we got a lot of chatting to get into. Obviously, Club Plus will be open uh, because uh, that's where we do a whole bunch of that, obviously. want to say thank you so much to Ike's who was all over the chat, probably is even right now. He certainly was last night. Huge Warriors fan. Uh, go ahead and get yourself a sandwich. Our, uh, our, our, we have an unofficial uh, burger friend named Uncle Boys who said that he would give away lunch to the first like 10 people who lined up at 11. So hopefully you're listening to this lined up at Uncle Boys. He says if you can prove that you're in the Plus Army, he's going to give you a sandwich. My boy Ikes is going to be delivering sandwiches here tomorrow because we're going to have, for the first time, a special in studio guest well it's not really even a studio an in basement guest so uh that's gonna be fun i'm not gonna tell you who it is but that is scheduled to happen uh tomorrow right at 11 so tune in at 11 to find out who will be the first to actually join me right here sitting right here and because it is a Friday, after we indulge in some Ike sandwiches, we might even have to have a little cocktail and, of course, make your cocktail a whiskey cocktail and not just any whiskey, blackened whiskey. Uh, as you can see, I've got the Metallica T-shirt on that actually uh, opened up the door to my relationship with Charles, who is the, the liquor rep who reps black uh, uh, blackened whiskey. So I've got the Metallica shirt on, which has been good luck for the Plus. Uh, it was a busy morning. I had to get both kids to bed. Jillian is in the metropolis of Fresno this morning uh, working hard. And so I would get both kids off, went to the doctor. Happy to tell you uh, my lipids test. I passed that with flying colors, blood pressure, a eh, little high. It's been a stressful month, but that's OK. That's going to come back down. Weight good. Things good. Uh, according to the doctor, I will be with you for quite a while still, which is good news for everyone except, you know, the Bay Area radio stations that are trying to compete with the Plus, and we will dust them. So, huge, huge win for the Warriors. Did they delay the inevitable, or are they actually going to pull this off? If they do pull it off, it's going to be one of the single greatest accomplishments in the entire dynastic history here that we have been admiring since, what, going back to 13, 14? Um, some numbers that came right out of last night's game. Uh, the Warriors are now in Game 5s dating back to 2015. They are 16-4 and four in Game 5s. They're now 34-12 and 12 in playoff games when they follow a loss they're 34 and 12 they're now 8 and 2 when facing elimination going back to 2015 those two losses were in game 7 to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA finals we will not speak of and to obviously the Toronto Raptors game 6 last game ever at Oracle Arena for the NBA so 
Uh, eight and two, though, when facing elimination, the Warriors, if they want to go to the Western Conference Finals, have to make that nine and two. The even more impressive streak and run that I think is, you know, is on the line as much as survival uh, come game six down in L.A. is that the Warriors have now gone 28 playoff series in a row and NBA playoff record with 28 road wins. Well, not 28, but 28 series in a row. They have posted at least one road win, which is an NBA all-time playoff record. They're going to need to do that to stay alive. Meanwhile, in the something's got to give category, the Lakers are 6-0 and at home this postseason. So, you know, it is, uh, it's something's got to give. It is an immovable force against an unmovable object. And whatever that cliche is, it'll be in play. Hopefully, Anthony Davis will be in play. We will get to more on that in just a second. Um, the hardest game of the three laps, again, the easiest lap was run last night. The hardest lap will be run on Friday. And then the degree of difficulty, it actually drops for the Warriors should they reach a Game 7 because that's a home game, and we know that they're much better at home than they are anywhere else. Um, I'm going to tell you, if the Warriors are going to get through Game 6 to force a Game 7, Draymond Green, you need to play like that again. And if the Warriors really do have designs on then going to the Western Conference Finals and advancing past that with two Game 7s in their rearview mirror, two seven-game series in their rearview mirror, the Warriors have to get games out of Draymond like that the rest of the way. Uh, Draymond, when he tries to score like that, uh, if he tried to score like that in the regular season, I mean, the Warriors would have easily won five more games, and had they won just five more games, they would have been the three seed this year. They would have supplanted Sacramento as the three seed had they won five more games. And you can say, well, you know, what's the difference? They're in the same position. They knocked the three seed out. Well, the difference is, is it took a brutal seven games to get through that, and home court advantage matters. You know, if the Warriors end up losing this series against the Lakers, there's going to be a lot of things to dissect, the officiating, the this, that, the other thing, the flopping. The they, Look, the game one loss was devastating if the Warriors dropped get dropped in six. You know, defending home court when they actually had home court advantage felt like their path through the Lakers. Um, but obviously the Lakers flipped the script right on its head with the game one win. Uh, back to Draymond. I saw this from ESPN. Draymond scored 20 points on 7-11 shooting last night. I mean, he drew, uh, what, he had eight of the Warriors' first 14 points. It's like the Lakers were daring him to do something. He took the dare. He delivered for the Warriors, and it was uh, it was good. It was, he was good last night. Uh, Draymond, 20 points on 7 of 11 shooting, 10 rebounds, 2 steals. This was his second 20-point game in the postseason, along with Game 5 against the Kings in the first round. It's the first time since 2017 that Draymond has had multiple 20-point games in a postseason. Before the playoffs, he hadn't scored 20 points since Christmas Day 2019. And I know that, you know, Steve Kerr has said it. Everyone who covers the NBA has acknowledged this. You know, hey, the Warriors are built to be the kind of team where Draymond doesn't really have to score. He just needs to facilitate and play defense. You know what? That used to be true. That used to be true. It's not true anymore. This is not the Warriors of just a couple of years ago. They need Draymond to represent not just a facilitator threat, but a scoring threat. And look at how the court opens up when he does just that. So Draymond's got to keep on the good foot when it comes to scoring the basketball. Uh, the Warriors basically 
in the next couple of games, they want to turn this into 2016 all over again. The Warriors, of course, trailed 3-1 to one against Oklahoma City, having been blown out in games uh, 3 and 4. They protect their home court by winning game 5. Then game 6, Clay is born. We see him for the first time in Oklahoma City. And then they shut the door on KD and the Oklahoma City Thunder with a Game 7 win at Oracle Arena. You know, that is what the Warriors need to duplicate now. Now, will Clay Thompson give you a Game 6 Clay? I don't know. I mean, he's officially due. In the Clay Thompson frustration cycle, he's officially due for the breakout game. You know, the Cosmos says Game 6 Clay needed report for duty on the road. Hopefully he can answer the bell, but he wasn't very good last night. The best thing that Clay Thompson did for the Warriors was not get selfish, not try to shoot him out or, or shoot himself into a game. Uh, Clay did a really nice job self-editing last night. He did. He knew he wasn't feeling it. He knew he didn't have the touch, so he only took 12 shots. Clay needs to do that again down in L.A., and that's going to be hard. He's going to be extra tempted to get right in L.A. with his dad sitting right there in a building that he grew up going to games in as a little kid, you know, shooting Kobe, uh, shooting around with Kobe and, and, uh, and Shaq and Laker greats. This means so much to Clay. The argument can maybe even be made. It means a little too much. Clay is at his best when he has got that icy cold, hard to read, you know, almost expressionless exterior where he's just a psycho killer just straight up you know maniac who doesn't show it what they say about Hannibal Lecter he bit that nurse's entire face off and his blood pressure never raised above 140 that's the kind of murderer that Clay Thompson is is the best to be he needs to be unemotional and just knock down shots Jordan Poole I was wrong about him maybe starting. And with Gary Payton having a plus 25 in the box score as a starter last night, and he was really good. Gary Payton was active everywhere. Wiggins played his probably best game in this series. Um, so good developments, good developments. Curry was Curry. He needs someone to help him out. Uh, he got some help last night. Um, I want to talk about Anthony Davis getting rattled and some of the reaction to it. First of all, anyone who wants to say, like, uh, so I've seen, the, you know, oh, Anthony Davis, what a pussy. Stop it. Like, your tolerance for that guy's pain is not impressive. So just stop. Uh, Kavon Looney is a big guy, and if he came down with the business end of his arm right on your head, I bet you you'd be a little rattled too. So that's first of all. Uh, Lakers fans' reactions Literally, I heard someone uh, say that Kevon Looney should get into a car accident and people that he loves should die because he's playing so recklessly out there. Um, those kind of fans should be banned not just from Twitter but from sports. Their eyes should be you know, just driven out of their heads with hot pokers. You're not allowed to watch sports anymore. You're that big of an asshole. That's a horrific thing to say. It's a horrific thing to wish on anyone. And what's even dumber is they said that, you know, what Kavon Looney did was not even a basketball play. He's just flailing around intentionally trying to hurt someone. All right, well, that's not the guy's reputation. So welcome first basketball game that you're watching tonight. And all you got to do is look. Everyone is looking up. There is a ball that is bouncing above the rim. He's trying to get a rebound. His arm was in the air to get a rebound. That was a basketball act. 
Secondly, uh, Stephen A. Smith this morning, and I know you're about to say, Damon, why are you giving him any attention now? Well, I'm giving him attention in hopes that you will stop giving him so much attention right now. So there's a means to an end here. Or there's an end to my means. I don't know. Anyways, um, Stephen A. Smith on first take this morning was basically calling Anthony Davis a total pussy. Saying, you know, how could you be concussed? This isn't a football game and you didn't get hit by Aaron Donald. And, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. All right, that is an entirely crafted segment by some producer and shucking and jiving. Stephen A. Smith will do whatever ESPN tells him to do because they just laid off thousands of people and he wants to keep his $12 million a year salary or whatever they're paying him to just become like a, a seriously, like if a racist went on the air in blackface to do an impression of a black basketball analyst out of control, it would look just like Stephen A. Smith. He's become a parody of himself. Whatever he used to contribute to the conversation, he no longer contributes it. He says he does an outrageous segment intentionally to get all you Twitter-loving pearl clutchers just, you know, oh my God, I can't believe he's saying that. And then everyone retweets the segment. And look at this. Look how awful this is. You're doing his promotion for him, you rubes. Stop it. Stop falling for the banana in the tailpipe. How about this? Try this on for size. The next time you come across anything you don't like, anything you don't like on Twitter, just shut the fuck up. Try that. Try that for a change. Oh, I really don't like this. Should I amplify it and complain about it? No. Don't. See what happens. I bet you, you'll go throughout your day happier and you will not have fallen for the bait that they're putting out there for you to take. This is why I am a little worried about the pivot of me going to, you know, the digital space where it's all about clicks and trending and trying to be outrageous. I'm not an outrageous broadcaster. What makes me outrageous in a lot of people's minds is I tell the truth. And the truth is it's such a is such a rare commodity these days when you stumble upon it you're like oh my god what the hell is this my outrageousness is born in rational truth telling not manufactured bullshit for clicks if i got to be the manufactured bullshit guy for clicks i won't do it like i refuse to i just refuse to be that level of broadcaster i'm not going to do it so Forget about that. And if it means I'm not going to be as successful as I might be here, fine. I'm not going to be putting on an act for anyone. And look, as a guy who covered the NBA, Stephen A. Smith's commentary was shameful. It's ridiculous. You have no idea. how you know. Look, it, and two things can be true. Anthony Davis does not have a reputation for being the toughest guy to ever hit a basketball court. And he really got rattled last night. You could see it. You could see him sitting there. Now, the whole Chris Haynes reporting that he got put out on a wheelchair to get back to the locker room after going into the tunnel, that did Anthony Davis no favors. You got Shaq and Charles Barkley basically laughing at him, calling him a pussy on the TNT postgame set. You know, that's just wrong. It's just wrong. I mean, I'm the least worried about that guy's health covering sports today. But acknowledge injuries happen. 
and head injuries are being taken more seriously now than ever before. You know, sometimes all it is is rub your dirt on it and keep on going like Draymond the other night. You know, he didn't need to be wheeled on back and given a complete medical evaluation. Sometimes a player knows they're fine. And so they just rub their head and they're like, ow, that hurts. And they, they keep on playing. There's other times when Anthony Davis stays down on the court for a possession, gets up, goes to the Lakers bench, and you can see him sitting there and he's like, I know this isn't exactly the best part of the uh, podcast today. This is a visual medium for everyone watching on YouTube, but I'm giving like this total blank dust stare. He had the thousand yard stare. He looked like a soldier who had been in the theater of war for too long. You know, can't even hear the bombs going off anymore. He was absolutely rattled. He was absolutely rattled. So, look, I don't want any excuses. Uh, I, I want Anthony Davis to be healthy and out there and considering the Warriors are kind of eating him alive in a pick and roll right now. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not saying that be, him being out there is a benefit to the Warriors, but they have figured out how to get around him. Keep that pick and roll going. And Steve Kerr, t- keep talking about flopping. I endorse it. I think he totally nailed it. I do want the NBA's competition committee to put in the FIBA rule that he was talking about where if you get called for flopping, it's shoot- you're f- shooting free throws on the other end. It is punitive in the moment. This whole flopping thing that Dennis Schroeder of all, all Lakers takes way too far. I mean, if you dare brush against him, he will throw himself into the scorer's table. I hate players like that. There's a sport for you. It's called soccer. Go pretend that you got knocked down and got hurt over there. I don't want to hear shit from you soccer fans. Your entire sports strategy is pretending to be hurt at sometimes, and you know it, so shut up. Again, there's a difference between skullduggery and straight-up flopping. The Lakers are flopping to get through a seven-game series. Uh, Got to shout out Jalen Brunson. There was another NBA game last night. The Knicks were on their home court trying to stave off elimination. They did it. They did it because of Jalen Brunson, who had 38 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, but that's not even his most impressive statistic. Jalen Brunson last night played 48 minutes for the New York Knicks. He played the entire game, every single minute. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, the Warriors would rather forfeit a game than ask anybody they have to play 48 minutes. Sometimes the player needs to play. And sometimes worrying about tomorrow is the wrong way to go about managing a game. The Knicks, to have a tomorrow to worry about, needed that win, and they weren't doing shit without Jalen Brunson, so he stayed in the entire game. I tip my cap and I am wearing a hat today I uh, so again I was a busy morning went to the doctor haven't even hopped in the shower yet so I thought I'd hit you with a couple of uh uh, uh iconic Bay Area entities you got Metallica and then you got your uh Guardsman tree lot hat from I believe 2018 this is from 2018 is that the 2018 hat I think it is one of the great years in Guards mania so look last night very, very interesting game. You had very little defense being thrown out on the court by either team. You had outrageous shooting percentages deep into the game. 
at one point, we got buckets, buckets everywhere. The Warriors were shooting 55%. The Lakers are shooting 62%, but the Warriors were still on top. Uh, they led 70-59 to 59 at the half. And then all of a sudden, the Lakers come on out, or excuse me, the Warriors come on out and really start gaining control of the game. They got a uh, Curry bucket, a Peyton bucket, a Peyton free throw. You got Clay dropping an early shot there. He didn't drop many, but he had a big bucket early in the third quarter. The Warriors get a big putback dunk from Wiggins, a 9-2 run to open the third quarter, and a 25-7 run going back into the first half. And the Warriors just continue to pile it on, just hit shots, hit shots. Again, when they're hitting shots and the Lakers aren't getting all these free trips to the free throw line, it's amazing how good they look. Uh, Warriors, they exploded in that third quarter. And then even though the Lakers really didn't threaten the Warriors, just the gravity of the game kept the anxiety in the building. There was anxiety in that building early. There was anxiety in that building late. You know, you've never seen, you know, Warriors by nine with 530 to play look more scary than it kind of did last night. Um, Curry hits a corner three, the first three the Warriors hit in the second half. Um, That put the Warriors up 14 with 427 to play. You get that big Wiggins and and one bucket, and that was basically it. And then the human victory cigars that are Anthony Lamb and Jonathan Kaminga checked into the game. And, uh, you know, again, the Warriors put it in the books. They needed to. We went through this game like with a fine-tooth comb last night. No reason to do it again because I know an awful lot of you were, uh, were tuned in last night. And I certainly do appreciate that. Before we get into your comments and everything that's going on on Club Plus, uh... We need to tell you about uh, what is going on tonight. As you know, uh, Warriors Game 6 is Friday, 7 o'clock tip time on Friday night. Game's going to be on ESPN, who's got a doubleheader tonight. Uh, Celtics at the Sixers. Sixers can send Boston home for the year. Nuggets are at the Suns. And the Nuggets, they can send Kevin Durant and company home for the year. So two elimination games tonight. Really doesn't get much better than that in the NBA. So a little something for you to watch this Thursday night. Uh, you got some baseball this Thursday night. The Giants are at the Diamondbacks. They got four in the desert before they come home for a six-game homestand. And I think I got this right, but the Texas Rangers are in town taking on the A's tonight, which means that Bruce Bochy is managing a baseball game in the Bay Area for the first time since 2019. Right? Since the first time, since the last game he managed with the San Francisco Giants, Bruce Bochy back in a Bay Area dugout. So welcome back, Bruce. But again, do not go to the game because the only way you can get into the game is by giving John Fisher your money. And as always, what is the mantra? Fuck John Fisher. Correct. That is the mantra. You know, we had, uh, had, uh, what, uh, the, the, with Tina Turner in her movie, or Angela Bassett with guns played Tina Turner, and she's like, um, yum, 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 rankio. It was her mantra that she kept on chanting, um, yum, 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 rankio, or whatever it was. When I meditate, I just sit there and I think, fuck John Fisher, fuck John Fisher, fuck John Fisher, fuck John Fisher. And I come at peace. Peace is granted to me. And I grant peace to you. 
A's fans, what you need is a piece of John Fisher. Well, you need the whole thing out of your life. Uh, he should not be allowed to profit another dime on Major League Baseball. He should be forced to sell to two different local ownership groups who would do better and already make, you know, Fisher. A, look at it this way. Fisher doesn't need any more money. He's going to Vegas because he wants max money. He could still get 80% of the money just by selling to a local group who would keep the team right here. And if he doesn't do that, once again, whew, fuck John Fisher, fuck John Fisher, fuck John Fisher. Niners rookie minicamp. It's underway today, boys and girls. Let's hopefully uh, no one tear an ACL and everything should be fine. Again, that's a lot easier to do than say for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, NFL schedule comes out 5 o'clock Pacific today. You know, I know that if I were still working with Ray Ratto, Ray would hate that. I don't hate it. I like to see what the schedule looks like because how the games come at a team in a season affects how a season's going to go. It's not some arbitrary these games is, as they're lined up don't matter. They do matter. Road trips, back-to-back weeks on the road. You know, will the 49ers need to stay on the East Coast? Uh, I'll tell you this. One thing that we do know about the schedule, since yesterday all the international games came out, the 49ers aren't leaving the country this season, and I can promise you that Kyle Shanahan is very happy about that. We do know that the Eagles are, the, the Eagles are hosting the 49ers in Week 13. I believe that's the first week of December. Uh, so that is a 49ers uh, at the Eagles in week 13. That is leaked. And I have heard, although I haven't seen it completely confirmed, I wasn't looking that hard for it. Again, we'll know this tonight. Like, I can wait a few more hours. I'm not that, you know, oh, I got to have it all right now. I got to get it before the NFL embargo puts it out in public. Uh, I heard that the 49ers might have a Thanksgiving night game up in Seattle. So no turkey on the 50 at Levi's, but a Niners Thanksgiving game up in Seattle. I guess that means we're going to serve Thanksgiving dinner a little earlier this year because that's going to be an in-front-of-the-TV situation for the Bay Area and the greater Seattle area, if indeed that is true. So we will find out later tonight if that indeed is true. What we do know is the schedule starts leaking out. Uh, The first game of the upcoming season is Lions at the Chiefs. That is going to be on September 7th. That is a Thursday nighter. Uh, That is the biggest marquee game outside of Thanksgiving I think the Lions have had in my life. And let's face it, the Lions playing on Thanksgiving is tradition. It's not a marquee. It just always happens. This is the first time the Lions have been put in a game that matters that the entire country will be watching in forever since Barry Sanders was in the backfield. I mean, it's good for the Lions. Good for the Lions. I hope they give the Chiefs everything they can handle. Uh, Week one will wrap up on September 11th as Aaron Rodgers makes his debut in Jets Green. It's going to be Bills at Jets Monday Night Football. So week one begins with Patrick Mahomes and ends with Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. Whole lot of football will be placed in between those two games, as you all know. But that's some good stuff. That's some good stuff right there. Jets and Dolphins are going to be playing the NFL's first Black Friday game. And, you know, we don't need football, NFL football on a Friday, but the one Friday where everyone's got it off anyways and no one's doing anything except eating leftovers. Yeah. Uh, sure. Go ahead. Give us Jets and Dolphins. I don't know when the Patriots are going to be at home. 
but uh, it has already been announced by Robert Kraft that they will honor Tom Brady, and Brady will be there in person uh, for the Patriots' home opener. And I don't know if they got a home opener in week one, week two, week three. I don't know. Uh, I doubt the NFL puts the Patriots on the road for the first two weeks of the year. But um, there you go. Just can't shake those Tom Brady memories. And that is basically all the news that is fit to print for you today. We're not going to waste your time by going over and over everything. If you want to get deep into the nuts and bolts of uh, a, a full recap between Warriors and Lakers last night, all you got to do is listen to last night's show, not the 11 a.m. show, but late last night did post game. It was a lot of fun. A lot of people stopped on by. So we don't want to do the same show twice, but if you missed it, you can go back and you can watch it. That is the beauty of YouTube. It's the show you wanted to be used by you whenever you want to use it. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, We're going to have a special guest here tomorrow. We're going to be serving some Ike sandwiches here tomorrow. Uh, I am going to crack open a bottle of blackened whiskey, I believe, on the air tomorrow to celebrate the fact that we were in the top 10 in podcasts this week, nationwide, Apple um top 10 in the category of sports that's awesome that's a whole lot of interest from a whole lot of people in lakers and warriors wherever they can get it and it's my incredibly loyal plus nation that is assembling to uh do things like that thanks to all of you really appreciate your time we never want to waste it so i'm just going to tell you right here and now that sports don't build character they reveal it and like that He's gone.